Explore Milwaukee's past and its future, one building at a time. This is Urban Spelunking with On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzillo and me, Nate Immig, from 88.9. Well, this week on Urban Spelunking, we're talking about the Landmark Building. And there are a few Milwaukee buildings that have the word landmark in the name. This is not the landmark on the east side, or is it the landmark bar by the airport? This is the landmark building in the Third Ward, built in 1914, Bobby. Yep, it, it's uh, it's older than the landmark lanes on the east side, but not nearly as old as the landmark tavern across from the airport. And this is another building that you were able to get a really interesting view of through these photos by Dolman Construction. And it shows the progression of this building as it was built in the in the Third Ward in, in 1914. Kind of like a flipbook animation. It's a really cool vantage point. Yeah, I love these. I mean, thanks to Ben Dolman, whose family has owned Dolman Construction since uh, the beginning of the 20th century. And they took all of these photo sets of these uh, projects that they built over the years. Um, and they saved them all. And he's been sharing them with me. And it's... it's uh, provided us interesting looks at buildings that, you know, that we uh, know well, but also some buildings like this one that, I mean, we know it, but I never really looked at the building. It's just one of those things that just is there. <laughs> and I took it for granted. Yeah. For a, for a building called the Landmark, it's not, I mean, it's a handsome building, but there's nothing like super stunning about the architecture. Um, but, you know, it's a nice building. Don't get, yeah. don't, don't get us wrong. Yeah. It's got that um, nice entrance canopy with the green art glass. It's got some detail work sort of up at you know, the top. You know, there's a, a cornice, a copper cornice and things like that. But but again, I feel like I never really looked at them. And I think seeing these pictures gave me sort of a yeah an excuse to kind of look a little more closely at it. Well, coming up in the second part of our conversation, we're going to talk about the history of clients that have been there over the years. You go back to 1914, uh, that's more than 100 years. Think of all the businesses that have come and gone there at the Landmark Building over the years. We're going to talk about its history next. Radio Milwaukee is on a mission. And if you're here to discover new perspectives on music in Milwaukee, then you're on a mission too. Join today to support the programming you love. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org and click the orange heart. And we're back at the Landmark Building in the Third Ward. This goes back to 1914. And it's 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 had some history. You know, you think about all the businesses that have come and gone over the years. And uh, I guess let's go back to the very first. What what were some of the first clients that were in the building? Um, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to work backwards. Okay. It's a rare case when I'm going to walk backward through it. And, uh, you know, we all know sort of the more recent things that were there. Like we talked about in the first half, Cafe Coquette, um, Fauntleroy, Holy Moly, uh, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. But uh, before those were there, it was, it was bought by a, a real estate developer who fixed it all up. And he's the one who renamed it the Landmark Building in 1987. Um, and he left most of the building uh, the way it was, just kind of fixed it up. But before that, it was home for a long time to Saks Arts and Crafts, which I don't know if people remember Saks Arts and Crafts. They were, you know, an art supply store. Okay. Yeah. I, when was that? I don't. I don't think I remember that. Um, at the last location I remember, I think was in the Fortress Building on Pleasant Street. That one that okay. looks like a castle. Um, they were definitely there into at least the '90s. Okay. Um, but I'm not sure uh, exactly when uh, they went away. But um, 
I wanted to work backwards because before that, the company that built the building was called Standard Paper Company. And what's interesting about Standard Paper Company, in addition to the fact that they um, made all kinds of paper products, they made wrapping paper, paper towels, toilet paper, paper bags, uh, paper cups, paper for adding machines. You know, they used to have those r rolls of paper. Oh, um, sure, yeah. But they were also one of the biggest suppliers of newsprint to newspapers in the region. Oh, not really? Just, not just Milwaukee, but like in the whole sort of upper Midwest. So the, they were important uh, from that standpoint. And did the location, like access to Lake Michigan, did any of that factor into the, the paper production? My guess is they probably had production up in the Fox Valley, which is where most paper was made. You know, this was a this was their warehouse and offices. Oh, got it. Here. Okay. Um, but what I want to talk about was one of these guys who founded Standard Paper Company because he is really sort of the most interesting character I think in this building. His name was Charles Blanchard. Okay. Uh, and he Charles was Blanchard. born in Massachusetts and came to Milwaukee as a kid with his parents in 1857. He joined the Union Army at the age of 18, so at the start of the Civil War, and he served uh, in the 40th Wisconsin Infantry Company in Memphis, and he, was, he had seen action in the war. Um, and when the war ended in 1865, he came back to Milwaukee, started a family, worked in a bank, then uh, in 1883 started this paper business, um, and stayed there until he retired in 1929. Uh, and the company kept going after he retired for a while. Um, but what's interesting is that when he died uh, in 1942, at the age of 96, which seems pretty darn old for 1942, he yeah, was he wow. was he was the last surviving Civil War veteran alive in the in Milwaukee County. Bobby, where do you find this stuff? That's amazing. <laughs> How did you? Newspapers, man. <laughs> <laughs> Fortunately, he gave us the paper that they could print the newspapers on so that they could write an obituary about the guy so that all these years later we could find out that when he died, he was the last surviving Civil War veteran in Milwaukee County. Wow. So it's a landmark building in that sense alone, right? Okay, this is like the perfect urban spelunking moment where it's like we talk about a building that is pretty ordinary by a lot of, <laughs> by a lot of measures, but it has this incredible story and this incredible history that... that all you had to do was start digging, and then it 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 was right there in the newspaper. Right, because it goes back to our theory that there is a story, a, an interesting story in every single building. That's a really interesting connection. Uh, what about other tenants? Were there other interesting tenants over the years? Um, yeah, actually, right after Standard Paper, um, the building became home to key lithographers, and then um, soon after that, Standard actually sold the building to Googler Lithograph, which is sort of a well-known. Um, lithographic company in Milwaukee that printed loads of different kinds of stuff. And if you go to like the historical society, um, you can find all that they have like a huge archive of, of Googler lithographs and they did labels and packaging and art okay. and all kinds of different stuff. So uh, I believe it was the last home of Googler, which is sort of a, a historic Milwaukee company. And he was the inventor of Google. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. He left the lithography business when the internet came along. Right. <laughs> There's your fake Milwaukee history. Yes. Second half of urban spelunking. Wow. Very cool. What, what about other tenants over the years? Actually, yes, there is a tenant uh, that is of note to us and our listeners. I think um, after I posted this story, Daniel Holter, um, who oh, does Daniel Holter, yes. he does the music. 
Yes. You're not. A lot yeah. of the music uh, from the license lab that we use in, in not just our podcast, but um, lots of different Radio Milwaukee productions, some really high quality music. But yeah, so was what's his connection? He had a studio in there. Oh, yeah, okay. so which I didn't know until I posted the story on Facebook and he commented and said he had his recording studio is in there for a while. Well, how about that? So thank you, License Lab. Yes, and we, we uh, yeah, handcrafted sonic inspiration. That's right. <laughs> well, very <laughs> cool. Um, well, definitely go to RadioMilwaukee.org slash podcast and flip through the flipbook animation. Watch this building come to life. It is so cool because you get to look at this, uh, at the Third Ward, too, and, and really see, you know, where this fit in with the rest of the Third Ward. And, and as we've talked about before, the Third Ward was a, a vibrant neighborhood of Milwaukee then as it is now. Yeah, it's really exciting actually to see, especially the very first picture when the when the site is just a hole in the ground. You can see looking east from um, Milwaukee Street, there's just like buildings as far as you can see in the distance all, all the way over to the lake. Um, and all of that stuff was basically torn down for the most part in the 1950s mm. with, mm -hmm. when urban renewal came through and bulldozed so much of the Third Ward. I can um, hear your finger quotes. Oh, can you? Yes. <laughs> I, I think so. I was doing that, right? I was doing it. Because um, I never say urban renewal without doing that with my <laughs> right. um, Yeah, I could definitely hear it. Yes. Um, so the that once heavily uh, residential neighborhood was no longer residential for a very long time. But now, of course, again, with all the construction of new apartment buildings and condo buildings and the transformation of former industrial buildings into residential buildings, the Third Ward is once again a place where lots of people call home yeah i'm glad that you filled in those details because there was um it was vibrant it is vibrant but there was a a period in the middle where um you know like like we talked about last week in the old soldier's home where the neighborhood was was really a kind of a shadow of what it used to be yeah and i remember i, mean, I moved here in the 80s and i remember everybody's talking about the excitement of the of the third war that was coming and it, it took a few decades to actually get here but um there was a time really from like the dawn of the 60s until probably the 90s at least when it wasn't really like it is now you know i mean there were there were a lot of empty lots there were a lot of buildings that were empty um, a lot of storefronts that were empty you know and and that's really changed now well definitely go check out the photos we've got them linked up at radiomilwaukee.org slash podcasts and podcasts on 88.9 are produced by Kenny Perez. Handcrafted Sonic Inspiration comes from the License Lab, Daniel Holter and company. Thank you so much. Also from your membership, of course, and from On Milwaukee. You can subscribe to this podcast at RadioMilwaukee.org or wherever you're listening to it right now. Just hit subscribe. And we ask that you take just a moment and rate and review the podcast as well. Helps us out a ton. On Milwaukee's Bobby Tanzilla. Thanks. Thanks, Nate.